legs bringing in prep yourself hey danny (laughs) that's amazing how good you are at our intro thanks i like it uh so welcome everybody to episode 13 lucky number 13 that's amazing yeah 13 episodes it's a milestone thanks everybody for uh tuning in through so many episodes (laughs) and if it's your first episode Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) Uh, We had a crazy milestone this week that you just told me about, (laughs) and I belly laughed. Yeah. We had to laugh at our wild success of over 1,000 times that people have listened to an episode. A thousand hours. (laughs) Or more sometimes. Have been distributed throughout the... Mm-hmm. Universe. Your voice has played at least 1,000 times. That's amazing. Congratulations. You too. You know? I'm going to get you a badge. <laughs> uh, the My badge collection is the envy of our household. So. Oh, really? Yep. Mm. So Maybe that's why our other milestone happened. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So those of you who've been listening know that uh, my major goal within this podcast is to get leave to show any kind of interest in what I'm doing. And uh, he's helpful and he tries to participate as far as, you know, supporting my desire. Does to, he listen to every episode? He does. He's never listened to an episode. Does he get you presents? No, he doesn't give me any pre- presents. Mm. No, you're talking about Mike. See, that's a different oh. person. That's your husband. Oh. No, Leaf is my boyfriend. Maybe you should just marry Leaf, and, <laughs> and then he'll, all of a sudden he'll listen to my podcast and give me presents. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. But he went and did an activity with us that we're going to talk about later. Yeah, so this milestone. Week. It was a huge milestone. He participated. Yep. Uh, in my general interests. Yeah. So he made contributions and didn't complain too much. Yep. <laughs> a thousand hours of people listening to me talk versus Leaf went on one walk. Clear winner. I'm winning. I'm winning. Clear winning. (laughs) We're doing this. No, thank you guys all so much. I think that uh, we have a great time doing this and knowing that other people are tuning in more and more just makes it more fun to keep doing it. Yeah, that is true. Less worky. I'm like, if it was still just my mom, I'd be like... (laughs) Mom, I'll just call you later. I don't need to record it. <laughs> I don't know. I think I would do this for your mom. I think I would continue recording just for your mom. Do you, like, when you were a kid, I don't know if you were into, like, doing videos or did you have any friends that had, like, a video camera and you would do uh, yeah, stupid videos and stuff? a little bit. We made movies and um, we mostly made up dance routines, though. But you made your parents watch your dance routines, yeah. right? You That was, like, your primary audience. Yes. You are like... 
Okay, I spent five minutes doing this. Uh-huh. It's terrible. Uh, you're going to watch it 47 watch times. It. <laughs> um, are you saying that this is the adult version of that? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying if your mom was our only listener. I'm saying I would still do it. Mom, you have to listen. <laughs> what are you doing? Trying to help do my laundry? Stop it. <laughs> no, no, no. You can do my laundry. I mean, that was not my life. I'm talking about this like fanciful life I've seen on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we had a few people who did some cool stuff this week. Uh, you got some, yeah. Uh, I'm happy to give two shout outs today. One to my coworker and friend, Martha, who saw an awesome prepper magazine on the shelf and said, I have to get this for Alexis because it also has, um, a lot of information about how to prep your dog. And we're both real into dogs. So I thought it was really awesome. If you open the front page of it, um, there's like this really, uh, you know, actually very appropriately, a guy in a boat in a flood, and he has his dog with him in this boat, so they're surviving together. Um, You open the first page, and it's um, a full spread of Bravo Company USA um, key mod semi-automatic guns. Mm Mm-hmm. So I got great joy out of pulling this out on the bus. And <laughs> <laughs> I sat down and I'm like, hmm, I'm going to read this. I, for those of you... The next page is all about knives. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who've never seen uh, Lex, <laughs> she, I'm really intimidating. She's super, she's a super, super intimidating, like, 5'2". Uh, sounds good. <laughs> yep. Mm. Generally smiles nonstop. So just like smiling, wears glasses, adorable, you know, prob- probably is the person who's trying to help like the elderly person, like sit down, you know, on the bus and then she's getting that. out her magazine of like AKs and knives. Yeah, I just wanted to. I just wanted to. I just wanted him to know that all kinds of people prep, even that little sweet girl next to you on the bus. Even you. Yeah, it was my little way of saying, "Get it together, dude." <laughs> he moved. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank I you. Off the bus. That's weird. really cool. And also, we'll. You know, of course, we always end with what we're going to do next time. But why not Preview. throw it out now? No spoilers. <laughs> Spoiling for next no week. Um, it has inspired us to do a mm-hmm. to go ahead and do a pet episode, which we've talked about quite a bit. And so we're going to talk about getting ready for prepping with your pets, and also pets that you could keep for food. <laughs> Danny must fit her eating something that used to be alive. I am hungry. I'm Babies, a hungry person. <laughs> chickens, rabbits. Yep. The cute stuff. I am. I don't stay chubby like this very easily. I have to have a lot of calories. <laughs> just a lot of babies and bunnies. A lot of babies and bunnies. <laughs> just like going in all the time. All the time. Oh, man. Um, so you had another, so you had a really yeah. cool story, which you kind of told me a little bit, and then you stopped telling me because you're like, I want to tell you on yeah. here. So, so tell me about this like magical hero. My second shout out is to my friend Michelle. For being a badass lady and putting out a fire on her balcony with a fire extinguisher. Just like kept a cool head and took care of it. So the story is is that they were watching the uh, finale of Game of Thrones on Monday. And 
uh, or maybe it was the next one. They're watching TV, uh, some Game of Thrones episode, and someone went into the other room and was like, our balcony's on fire. So two of the guys that were there had gone out there and smoked, and they said that they flicked their cigarette over the side, but someone put a cigarette butt in a plastic bucket that was on top of some recycling, like old recycling, like newspapers and cardboard and stuff. Yes. That is not where you want to put your cigarette balcony on fire. And Michelle like kicks it into full gear, goes straight for the fire extinguisher, puts out the fire. These guys are running around with like little cups of water trying to. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like my face when she was telling me the story. I was like, that is so awesome. That is really cool. For you for just, you know, a knowing how to do it. I was like, was it one you just like automatically push? And she's like, no, it's a pull pin. I was like, it was a bullpen. We did it. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool I thought that it was she awesome. knew where it, you know, like yep. she knew where the fire extinguisher was. Mm-hmm. She like her initial thought was not like, oh, I'm gonna go fill up my <gasps> nine ounce like cocktail cup with water. Yeah. Like she was like, mm-hmm. I got this. Yeah, I was pretty uh, proud of her. That's amazing. Yeah. So they decided they didn't need to call the fire department or anything. Like it hadn't. Caused enough damage oh, for like right. the structure right. of the building, um, but they do at some point have to tell their, their you know, superintendent that <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna need one of those fire extinguishers again. I mean, I suppose they could say like they had a fire on the stove or something, but I don't yep. think you get dinged in your rent for that. But whatever, I was super proud of Michelle for doing that. I also like that she was competent enough that her response wasn't just to run immediately. Yeah. Like she assessed the situation mm-hmm. and did something about it yep. and it was fine. It's a cool head. Yep. So way to go, Woo-hoo. Michelle. I'm into it. You get the fire <laughs> put her out her badge. Yeah. <laughs> Not like me. I got a fire starter badge. That's different. <laughs> but it had a rainbow on it. Yeah. So it's even better. Um, that's really cool. I'm going to save my shout-outs to, to, for just a few minutes because a bunch of my shout-outs have to do with our topic today, which is foraging, uh, which was really cool. And uh, we had a lot of fun um, talking, you know, to doing the activity. But we have a few more things we want to talk about before then, yeah. like our very exciting, exclusive, ex- prep yourself event slash meeting. <laughs> We so we've been kind of talking a little bit about this for the last few episodes, but we kind of narrowed down the scope um, a little bit. The city of Seattle, uh, the <laughs> Office of Emergency Management, is going to come and do uh, an event with us on September thirteenth. <laughs> like, we essentially haven't stopped giggling about it because anyone taking us seriously makes us laugh at ourselves. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, so they're going to come out, a gentleman, Matt, a gentleman, a gentleman named Matt, a gentleman, Sir Matt, he wears a monocle. (laughs) He does not wear a monocle, but if Matt, if you listen to this episode and you want to wear a monocle, you're welcome to. Anyone can. (laughs) You can, I mean, you may not need it for sight, for your sight. You could, yes, you could use it later for making fire if you're in a situation (laughs) where you need to focus light into an area. It's not a very good fire starting method, but. (laughs) 
We are going to have this meeting uh, event where <laughs> event meeting. This is the best lead up. It's just us giggling, and that's what's going to happen there. Also, oh we are going to be serving uh, disaster themed cocktails. <laughs> uh, we're going to have snacks. We're going to eat Possibly some previously freeze dried. Yep, we're, things that have to do like all of the snacks will also be themed. If you haven't met me before, you realize I love a theme. Yes, um, and then uh, Matt is going to talk us through just the general plan, uh, the city's plan as far as how they uh, want to go toward disasters and what they do currently to lead into uh, those plans. And then we are going to grill him with Mm -hmm. our amazing questions. Yeah. You know what? People could... Send us questions? Yeah. I would like that. If you have a question that you want us to ask the city about their uh, methods of preparedness or the kind of... Uh, direction that they're going in as far as communication and that sort of thing. We would love to field those questions for you. If you want to know anything about Matt's monocle, we're happy to (laughs) get those questions out of the way. I'm going to wear a monocle. (laughs) Hold on. If you're wearing a monocle, then I get to wear a monocle. (laughs) I do need my glasses, though, because I don't see that well, and I get a little squinty. Two monocles. (laughs) I like two monocles, and then I want them to be... I want them to kind of go together in the middle. Maybe it's like a a bi monocle. <laughs> I want bi monocles. Oh, so please join us on September thirteenth, where we will have uh, out of a two hour time period, we will have thirty minutes of very serious information coming from the city of Seattle. You will learn something, and you, you will have fun. You will learn something, and you will have fun. I think both of those things and will it's definitely free, happen. Right? It's free. Totally. It's going to be at Fremont Foundry. So if you live in Seattle, Fremont is right in the middle of the city. Uh, the event is going to be from 6 <laughs> p.m. to 8 p.m. Seattle, let me tell you where Fremont is. You know what? <laughs> You're not invited anymore, Lex. You're uninvited. You're going to have to earn your way back into this meeting. <laughs> he gets the line. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> the reason I was saying it's in the middle of the city, I mean, you can get there pretty easily from most neighborhoods. You were like trying to inform people. It's from, six, <laughs> it's from six to eight. Lex will have had exactly this much wine. <laughs> so get ready, people. Get oh, ready. <laughs> um, wow. So now I that we. I haven't even had. I know you've had one I'm, glass. I'm like you one literally had one glass. I was like, it's been a long week. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it has. I'm just like, oh, we've done so good. much work for this podcast. <laughs> we really have, um, really, and you do so much work every day of your life. Yeah, I'm you, working a lot. And you are raising a person. Yeah, you're making a person be a person. Yeah. And I got to go to bumper shoot this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. You have a lot to do. You're prepping for your festival life. Yeah. Do you want to take a deep breath before yeah. we get into a more serious Yeah, kind I think of part, part of the reason there's like over emotion right now is... Yep. Uh, We're a little slap happy because there have been... We've been feeling a lot of things about the Houston flood. We're not going to like go into a big thing about it, but... I just have been like, we have a comedy podcast about prepping, and there is nothing funny about this. So I haven't wanted to post anything about it. I mean, I guess you want to acknowledge it, which is what we're doing now. 
but it just seems like not the place to talk about what should or shouldn't have been done. I know that there's like a lot about whether they should or should not have been evacuated. They weren't. Yep. And um, those assessments are correct, I guess. But still, people lose their lives, and it's not something you want to like pick apart so soon, at least. For sure. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but... And I think it's hard. Well, I think what's interesting is that, uh, yeah, we have a comedy podcast where we deal with prepping. So obviously we're talking about disasters, including uh, our last episode was about flooding and water. And, you know, we kind of touched a lot of we dealt with a lot of subjects that have to do with water. And I felt uh, really odd when our water podcast came out at the same time that this flood this this storm was hitting yeah. the Texas coast and I felt like I had so flippantly discussed like our lack of danger mm-hmm. around uh, flooding in our city because of infrastructure and things like that that have uh, been put into place but I think the thing with Houston that is very telling is that when something like that happens like we have very few ways to get out of the city and you know, like that part strikes me as like, yeah, th- you know, flooding might not be an issue here, but this uh, issue with evacuation is something that we will potentially deal with when we when a disaster happens here. Because it's not whether it's going to happen; it's someday there will be a disaster that happens to this city. Mm-hmm. Uh, most likely, it's going to be an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've talked about several other things that it could be nuclear. Um, please don't let that happen. It's very scary. But uh, that whole conversation around evacuation in that area uh, is is really interesting because people want to make it political, but it really mm-hmm. isn't. Like when they uh, evacuated for Rita, which very luckily did not turn into a crazy storm for them. You know, a hundred and some odd people, like 120 people died because of the evacuation. Yeah. Because they didn't have enough time. Accidents. Yep. There was explosions. There was a whole bus that exploded just sitting in traffic. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, we're not there. We're not the people who are making those decisions. I think that the most inspiring part of what's going on is all of these citizens who have boats who have, like, become an army of rescuers. Mm -hmm. And uh, not just for people, but for pets. Like, I just teared up right now thinking about some of the, like, the the, um, filming and and photographs of of people going back in just to help get people's cats and dogs Mm -hmm. and birds and all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just very inspiring. And I just want to give a lot of, like, uh, thoughtfulness and love to those people who are putting their own lives and property on the line, not because they have to, not because anyone's paying them to, but because they are good human beings mm-hmm. and they're out there doing that. But also the people who are getting paid and yeah. like all the responders, all the responders, mm-hmm. like it is there, there's so much going into, uh, that operation and, uh, I just don't want people to hear our podcast or see us not talking about it and think we don't have feelings about it. Yeah. It's just that 
we have to constantly remind ourselves that this is a comedy podcast <laughs> and not about preparing for it, not about natural disasters. I don't want to go and talk about all the terrible things that I hear about on the news, even though I really haven't read an article. I haven't read a whole article. I haven't looked at a lot of video. Um, I guess the media portion. This is the media portion. <laughs> this is of where, our, yeah, this is kind of, of the media portion. Episode. Yeah. Um, I did watch a little bit of a newscast, and I just felt like it was. You know, they're trying to give information, up to date information, but it also felt very sensationalized. Like they were trying. You they're know, how making I it twenty four hour news. Yeah, it's just you know people want to know, but um, watching it from afar is really hard. Um, but you talk about the people that are going in and helping. I want to be one of those people that is on the able to help end. So that's where I come back to. We know we talk about this and, you know, we're, we're prepping for it and these things are going to happen, but if we can be more prepared, we can be on that helping side to help people that aren't prepared, which is a complete reality of community. So, you know, we're going to have to help each other out. So good for Texas. I was born in Houston. I don't have a lot of ties there, but my dad went to school there and then we went to San Antonio. So that's my birthplace. I did not know that you were born in Houston. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. Yeah. The things that you learn on a podcast. Yeah. Lexi from Texie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down. Yeah. And just one last thing I want to say about it. So I work for an insurance company and there is a lot, you know, happening on our end in response to this. And I think insurance companies get a really bad rap for what they will and will not cover. And it is like really interesting to see like this is the first big disaster that I've been at the company for and just see how people in that area react and everybody is like how can we help our policyholders how can we help people get back to it how can we help our agents take care of themselves and their customers Uh, so it's interesting to see kind of this business part of it but we're also like there's a lot of damage that we don't cover in a homeowner's policy like there is no flood coverage because insurance companies just won't cover that so it also makes me want to take a look at my own coverage and maybe we need to do an educational piece on how are you going to insure yourself in a disaster yep and i think that's come up a few times yeah. i think not just from you but just from uh kind of the people that we talk to you know on the daily we've had several friends bring up doing and like because one of the things that's really funny about this podcast is mm-hmm. that uh, I think generally, and this is part of the reason we started this podcast, we we realized that there was a gap in our knowledge that was disturbing to us. Yeah. Like, the, it, it bothered us that we realized everything we didn't know when it came to this, right? We we don't really know what we, we don't know. We still don't know. But bother me. we know that it is a gaping cliff dive of stuff that we just don't know anything about. Uh, but we have a lot of friends who are also reeling the, realizing those gaping holes in their knowledge. And uh, they've they I think that they genuinely feel motivated by by kind of listening to the topics that we talk about and realizing how dumb we are. And so they go find <laughs> real information so that they can, you know, yeah. learn a little bit more and be a little bit better than us, you know, yeah. and that's what it. a good teacher is. Yeah. You know, in a previous episode, when I, I said, when I was a kid, I love natural disasters, like just seeing what would happen now being an adult, understanding like the true gravity of, you know, the impact of something like that. 
it makes me realize that I'm not obsessed with natural disasters anymore because I haven't read about it. Now I'm more concerned on the prepping side of it. So being ready. This has inspired me to step it up and, you know, bring that C plus up to like a B minus at least. (laughs) B B B plus. I I could do it. B plus lately. I could do it. Really? Yeah. Thanks. Just because I gave you presents. <laughs> yeah. So take what you're seeing in Houston and don't judge. You know, I know a lot of people are donating to relief funds and that's really great. So keep pulling together. Right. Get your PMA up. <laughs> Get it up there. Yeah. Because those same people that we're helping now are going to help us down the line yeah. when we're in a bad spot and they're doing better. They're in a better place. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's shake it off again. Shake it off. <laughs> shake it off. Shake it off. So I want to go into talking, uh, saying thank you to, uh, a few people who really brought it up. So we decided to do this foraging episode, part of which was that I knew that I had a friend in town who is really into urban foraging. Um, well, that friend had to change their travel plans and left at the last minute. So I went to social media, as you do, and asked them for some help from my community at large to see if anyone knew any preppers. Because to me, or not preppers, but foragers, to me, this is a very, to me, like outlying hobby. Like who does that? Like, who does urban foraging? Like, I don't know who that is. And... I so many people yeah. knew people. Mm-hmm. It was amazing yeah. how many responses I got of people, kind of. Uh, and I, I mean, I think part of that is a symptom of being in Seattle, maybe, and that people are really into being in the outdoors. And we are lucky; we get a lot of rain here, yeah. so there are a lot of things that grow very easily mm-hmm. here. Not tomatoes, but <laughs> other things. Jerks. <laughs> the, but other things. Uh, so it was really cool to see like the that kind of level of response to the request. So Sam put a, put me in touch with Sarah, who very kindly uh, shared some of her favorite stuff that she is kind of picking right now and uh, where she is in her uh, food. Which I'm gonna some of these things I'm gonna summarize kind of in a uh, a, a post on our website also known as Facebook, (laughs) 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 that I'm going to kind of put out there. But she shared with me some of her favorite things that she is picking uh, right now and also just that she loves around the city. And uh, then I had another friend who put me in touch with several people who not only do foraging but also take care of pea patches uh, and urban gardens. So they're they're not only going to these things that are growing wild, but they're also participating in these uh, community uh, developments around growing plants within communities and also providing education uh, to communities. And that that whole lifestyle is something that's so cool and so much outside of uh, what I'm just doing on the the daily. But um, have you heard of the urban farming school? No. What's that? Uh, Someone just started working part time for us uh, at work who just recently bought it and is running it. And they give classes on canning and uh, gardening with native species and for food and all of that. So what is it called again? Uh, the Urban Farming School. 
So that's where we're going? Yeah. To the urban farming so school? I'm sure I can. <laughs> I've talked to her about it, and I said I was interested in it. And Julie, the woman that I mentioned last week, she was like, did you know I've been on her website? It's all this cool stuff. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll go check it out. Of course, I haven't yet. But um, I am sure we'll end up there. Yeah. You know, we, we always Kelly, talk we're about... we're coming for you. <laughs> we like to do a very general overview of all those things we're talking about, but I'm sure that someday, when we still haven't hit a major disaster... And we're still doing this at like episode 100. Uh-huh. We'll be like, and now we're going to go do some canning, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Although I already you did You already that. did canning. Yep. Uh, really quick, I wanted to say, Jenna, Abby, um, Dee, thank you so much. Uh, Michael, again, who is always very helpful, uh, put us in touch with two pe- extraordinary people <laughs> who... Literally the day that we were going to go out walking, he put us in touch with them and they uh, cleared their evening to come and walk with us uh, around my neighborhood (laughs) and into Carkeek Park Uh uh, to just point out some of the things that were available to uh, us both in my yard and in the neighborhood. And I can't believe the luck of meeting Whitney and Trevor. Uh Uh-huh. They were really cool. And they loved Lily and her red hair. <laughs> and my dog. So that worked for me. I, like, I like you guys. So, yeah, Lex was, you know, we went with a walk. Lex uh, had the kid with her. <laughs> had Lily in the backpack, the yep. big camping backpacking bag. And uh, the dog ready to go. Yep. And we set off on our parade. <laughs> with Leaf in yeah. tow. Yeah. With, well, uh, first we started in your backyard with a little glass of... Chardonnay or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at grapes. Danny's yes. got a chicken coop in her backyard. So there's definitely going to be talk about that next week when we talk about pets for yes. keeping and eating. Um, and your little garden that was really overgrown. But, for sure. Um, so this is the funny thing. We, uh, Leaf and I used to live with a couple, um, Megan and Christian, who were super into gardening and super involved in uh, the development of urban planting. Mm -hmm. So uh, to the point that the uh, Christian ran uh, a program at North Seattle Community College and actually helped create their pea patch there. Wow, cool. There there wasn't one there previous to him. You talked about it with the rain barrels and stuff, yeah. For sure. Oh, yep. And so there's this part of the garden that we still have that is extraordinarily overgrown. (laughs) I don't even try to pay attention to it anymore. And Whitney walks over and is like, yeah, there's like 10 things that you yeah. can just eat. She pulled like, rhubarb out, which we knew. We That's knew, pretty easy to see. We knew what the rhubarb was. I didn't know after it had gone to seed that you can keep eating it. Oh. But she's like, yeah, you just don't eat the part that's seeded. And I'm like, that okay. makes sense. Yeah. There were a lot of those moments that I was like, I thought this was poisonous. She's like, no, the Native Americans ground it up and used it in their cakes and stored for winter. I was like... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny okay. to you. I don't for, want to jump ahead, but for both of us, like how much presumptive knowledge that we had, which was totally incorrect, uh, mm. which is our whole lives. Yeah. Our whole lives is you just know, being, if you know us, then. a little bit wrong, <laughs> but very adamant about our wrongness <laughs> or rightness, even though we're wrong. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so rhubarb, uh, there was a. French sorrel that had been planted previously mm-hmm. because it's not native. So 
Someone had to have planted it. It was delicious. Uh-huh. It was this like citrusy green. It was really crazy. I'd never eaten it. I've never tasted anything like it. There was in there uh, two other greens yeah. that were just growing in there. Some like start of a squash that I'm like I don't even know. Yeah. So that's that like from. the stuff that survived, even though it's really overgrown. And uh, like in my backyard, some I planted some arugula seed in a pot, and now we have it growing up through our patio. I what? Think yeah. So we like pick it out because it's you know it looks like a weed, but it's really arugula. That's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. So Do you just eat it on your salad. Gotta show you life will find a way. <laughs> life always finds a way. Whatever the line is. And also, we've talked about before. I also have apple and plum mm-hmm. trees. Yep, and, I have a plum tree. And so I'm really lucky that on my private property, I have. A bunch of things that we can eat. I also have like raspberries and other stuff that are kind of out of season right now. Uh, and in the very back, we have uh, we've cut out a lot of Himalayan blackberries. But if anyone knows anything about blackberries, you never cut them out. They will return. You never put blackberry in a corner. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're always ready to dance. Nobody but, does. One of the great things that kind of came out of the conversation with some of the people that I was connected with through my Facebook post was understanding and kind of delving into more about the fact that it's actually illegal to forage. Uh, yeah. But so First of all, on private land, you we, should not go into other people's property yeah. to forage unless you're desperate and they're not home. That's different. That's a different thing. <laughs> There's so many fairy tales about not doing that. I know. Rapunzel. Um, that didn't come out good. No. You should it's not a, go steal stuff out of other Peter people. Rabbit. Also, don't go steal stuff. Mr. McGregor's yard. Don't go in there. Yep. I think um, there's a Winnie yeah. the Pooh story about... So, spoiler alert, Danny and I got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> we, we made bail. <laughs> we did not get arrested. <laughs> I wish we would get arrested over foraging. I would be so... It would be hilarious. So That's um, like a new level of nerd. Such so nerdy. So <laughs> We're nerdy. We're foraging so hard. <laughs> So uh, it is technically, uh, technically right now it is not legal to forage in any kind of city parks or anything like that, but Seattle has a very uh, kind of casual, casual policies about foraging, so, which is kind of lucky for all of us here, but it does, anyone who's listening to our podcast who doesn't live here in Seattle, you'll definitely want to check and see. A, are you on, what kind of land are you on? And B, is that the thing that you're hoping to forage something that is plentiful or something that is not plentiful? Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to accidentally murder an endangered species. In the case of, like, you know, we have one of the things, we have a lot of um, foraging here that's around, like, shellfish. Yeah. And, uh... You can get some nasty sicknesses from that. You can get some really bad sicknesses from it. There's a lot of uh, rules about seasons. There's a lot of rules about how many pounds or how many individual mm-hmm. items of a thing you can take. And the government. So much government regulation yeah. over making but why? sure that Because they if you did, then everybody would come and take it and you'd mess it all up. And then there'd be none. And then yeah. there would be none. I think also, you know, some of the things we talked about, they're not native. So you don't want to help... 
perpetuate yeah propagate perpetuate the problem by propagating the uh plants like green lake that would be a great place to go for bunnies yes but you know we really shouldn't have that many bunnies (laughs) running around green lake oh my gosh discovery park i saw a bunny yesterday where did i see that bunny oh down by century link what? Weird, right? That is really weird. Yeah. That's a strange place for a bunny. Yeah. That bunny was not meant to be there. No. You should probably write a children's book about that. <laughs> bunny, bunny goes to... Bunny wanted to go to the Seahawks bu- Yeah, game. Bunny goes to the, the Seahawks game. game. The Sounders, it's Sounders time yeah. right now. Oh, no, I guess preseason. Yeah. Uh, who'd you get in your draft? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, someone's trying to get me to join their league, and I'm like, I don't have time. They're like, it's only $40. I'm like, that buys me a lot of coffee. <laughs> that I need to yeah. do all of the crazy stuff like I already do. It's like coffee. Uh, sorry, we'll talk a lot more about football season <laughs> when we're in the midst of it, uh, because that's going to happen. So... Uh, just make sure that you check and see what the legalities are around of whatever it is that you are harvesting. Uh, one of the things that I loved and when I was talking about Seattle kind of having these gray area laws is that uh, I have some apple trees at work that are, I don't want to call them a nuisance, but they are. Yeah. Because there's... You don't need them. We don't for need your them business. for our business. And also, they're just like... They drop Literally, fruit. the apples just drop and rot. And then and the birds eat them. space, that's not a good thing. They poop everywhere. Ew. Yeah. So, the trees not are pooping during our apples. event, though. Not, <laughs> not during our event. There never, won't be any poop. Never during no our event poop. boy bird be eating <laughs> apples and then pooping. Uh, but uh, Alexis turned me on to... It's called City, City Fruit. Yeah, City Fruit. City Fruit. So it's a group of, it's an organization that organizes volunteers who go out to people who say, hey, I've got this tree and I'm not going to eat all the apples. And so instead of just letting them fall on the ground, people come and harvest them and they donate them to food banks. And I got in touch with them and I learned that this week their focus is plums. Oh, yeah. Obviously, like I had to do my yeah. plums a couple of weeks ago because this is their time right now to be picked. So they were like, we would love to come and get your apples, but that's kind of in the docket for next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the meantime, I signed up for one of their... Are you uh, going to go do it? Yeah, I'm oh, going to go wow. do it. Just so that I can learn a little bit about it. And yeah, I think be- they do other stuff, like put nets over for sure. trees or stuff like that. They have a whole event. So I'm going to go do one that's in Ballard. And what they do is everybody meets at a pea patch, and then they kind of map out a bunch of places that everyone's going to go and they give you like the buckets and things like that. And then everybody just travels for like four hours together to all of these different trees to kind of pick them and uh, Mm -hmm. different streets and stuff. That's great. From what I, that's what I understand from what I read. Fun. uh, And the one that I signed up for, uh, but they also do one down in Carkeek. There's a old orchard grove down there. And they go and they have, it's like at the very end of the season. Oh. And they do fresh pressed cider. Oh, wow. So, like, it's like Sign a family event for you to come and just, like, drink cider that's from the grove and to be I outside like and enjoy the fruit trees. And I think it's really cool that they're, like, inspiring community. Is it hard cider? No. I think you're going to have to bring a little rum. I think you got to do a little. I feel like you tricked me. <laughs> when I said cider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you don't know the true story of Johnny Appleseed, maybe we can cover that another time. I went to school with him. (laughs) That was the best burn I heard in a long time. Oh, it wasn't supposed to be a burn. It was like a, it was a zing. It was like a zinger. 
Oh, that's so good. It was a zinger. Lex said that her husband went to your school with Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> good and enough for like, We know. It's from the last episode. Did we do it in the last yeah. episode? Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure I said it on the last one. I thought you just said it when we were in the kitchen. Oh. <laughs> we will review and get back All to right, you. Well, I'll leave it in and you guys can decide. <laughs> More. <laughs> so, uh, so when we went out with Whitney and Trevor, uh, there we got to eat. You know, yeah. some things. We didn't go crazy. It was hard to refrain from eating the neighbor's gardens because there were some pretty good looking gardens there. There were. As you yeah. walk around Seattle, one of the fun things is that uh, number one in Greenwood, no one has sidewalks. There's no sidewalks. Yeah. So everyone, but the, the way that everyone built their yards was in preparation for sidewalks being built. So everyone kind of has this like 10 foot area yeah. in front of any fence or edging of mm-hmm. their yard because the, like the easement that the city has on your property for sure there the would be a place for a sidewalk Correct. but since they never built one yeah. now what people have done is built all of these little gardens inside of all of these mm-hmm. uh these air these kind of easements that are right beside the road and there were i mean the sunflowers yeah. and the squash and edible flowers edible flowers and pear trees and I mean, all within, like, reaching distance of the curb. Yeah. We're like, so, Whitney, can you eat this? Should we try this one? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, yes, get away from that. She's, like, smacking our hands (laughs) away from eating uh, these things that we're not supposed to have. But some things that I'm sure your 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 neighbors would be super psyched if you wanted to come collect. Dandelions. Yeah. You can eat dandelions. Dandelions from root to flower. Yeah. The whole thing is edible. Yeah. Do, like, a little... Salad, you can just stuff it in your face. Some root tea. I don't know. I think that you're Pickle supposed to blanch it. it. Do you blanch them? Sure, I would do that. Blanching is like a with quick my, boil with my BioLite. You could blanch it with your BioLite so hard. Yeah, yeah. Get it together. Let's have that. All right. So dandelions. Um, so dandelions, uh, and then uh, nettles. Which are kind of everywhere and really easy for you to get. The one thing about nettles is that you really want to be wearing gloves when you grab them because they they're known as sting nettles and Ouchie. the you cook them a lot like how you cook like turnip greens kind of thing. A uh, long time. What? A long time. No, actually not. You just throw them into boiling water uh, and kind of bunch it. But it also takes away the things that are uh, uh, pokey. Like it, it softens those so that you're not going to get hurt from them. But you definitely want to make sure that you are um, taking care of yourself. Also, Devil's Club, another thing that I'm sure that no one would mind if you took it out of their yard. But you do want to be careful when you are picking it because ouchie. it will hurt. Same thing, Whitney also specifically, which was adorable because there was no way that we were going to be running into any shellfish on our on our walk, mm-hmm. uh, elaborated on the fact that she did not want to be responsible for us to opening up oysters and cutting our hand open. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I go to restaurants and order them on a half shell, yeah. obviously. That's not how they grow? <laughs> Apparently, people get them from the I water. only know them on the half show is champagne. <laughs> I really love a good min- minuet. minuet, minuet what do you, how do you say it? I think it's Minetta. 
<laughs> I know nothing. Yeah, I told Danny this is the episode I can't pronounce anything. I kept calling thing everything was sorghum to me. I was like, that's sorghum, right? <laughs> like, no. That's not true. You know so many things. Yeah, you know so many things. So one second, just to to backtrack on uh, Whitney and Trevor. Why are these people such magical geniuses <laughs> of knowing everything? What are their qualifications about really? um, uh, urban foraging? So they didn't originally start with urban foraging. Both of them grew up on a uh, farm and kind of in wild, you know, kind of small town uh, areas where they were uh, actually foraging. They're actually foraging to for food and also because that's what their parents were into. Like, I loved the story that Whitney told about her mom broke yeah. her arm. Leg. 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 Yes. And they just took her home and reset it. Yeah, they set it on the trail, and then they never went to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, I cut my knee open, and my mom duct taped it because she was too drunk to drive me to the hospital. (laughs) And that's a true story. (laughs) That's the same. (laughs) (laughs) Different. (laughs) What I was expressing at that moment, Lex... Was I had a very different life. <laughs> they were capable people who yeah. were like, that's already set and we're hardcore. I came from more of a drunk person back then. <laughs> <laughs> Throw some dirt on it. Yeah, put some dirt on it. Um, so they both, and then Trevor grew up on a farm. And so it's just the the small town and the farmer's kind of way is that you use everything that you have around you. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there everything is kind of a well, crop. You're next to nature. Yep. So, I mean, you don't go out and find it. It's just there. Right. It's part of your life. And it just sounded like they had some really great experiences and education growing up that's unique to a lot of people that we know here in Seattle. For sure. And they're both kind of foodies, and she works in a bakery. And I found out where she worked, I was like, oh, my gosh. She is responsible for some of the best croissants croissants in in the city. Yeah. Pretty excited Uh, about that. And also, I love that they, like, their hobby as a couple is to go on an evening walk and go, like, forage things. Uh, She's like, we'll just have some berries for dessert. I was like, oh, my God. It's so romantic. It's so cute. Yeah. I'm, like, trying to fight over whether Leaf will ever finish Battlestar Galactica. He's so close. <laughs> it's so close. <laughs> well, once he's done with that, you can go out on evening walks. Yeah, so soon. So soon, <laughs> once that's finished. Um, but some of the foods that they showed us... And then we got to have um, some of the, well, first of all, one of the first things that we ran into were sweet pea. Yeah. And so these, you know, sweet peas have that cute little purple pink flower on them and they do have and pea crawling, pods on them. Yeah. They're a crawling vine. Yeah. So they're like along the ground. Yeah. I had them on my wedding invitations. They're beautiful. They're also poisonous. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? So That's, do not eat those. That mean, Those were my true love <laughs> emblem. <laughs> You die, and, die, die, die. You and Mike were brought together by poison. <laughs> poison. Um, so that was the first, like, oh, we're also learning about what not to eat. Yep. <laughs> because, you know, one of the jokes that Lex kept making was, well, everything is edible. <laughs> Doesn't mean you'll live. <laughs> I'm like, that is 
correct. Uh, spirit, so some of the things that we learned that, you know, are kind of weeds but are very delicious, like spearmint. A lot of the mint yeah. family, which are really easy to kind of identify. Mm-hmm. I felt like they're the easier plants to kind of pick out yeah. and be like, oh, that's and mint. you can rub the leaf and be like, oh, that's spearmint. Or, yep. Yeah. And But it definitely is one of those things that's impossible to get rid of. Yeah. They that's, said once you've planted it, it in a pot. and it's established, grow it in a pot. Similar to... Rosemary that we saw. Oh, my the gosh. The giant rosemary we, bush in the world. It was probably 15 feet wide. <laughs> yeah, Is that yeah, exaggeration? Say, it was pretty big. Yeah, I would say it was at least 10 feet wide, 10 to 15 feet wide. And, you know, as tall as me, five foot, two inches. <laughs> <laughs> it's your big. supermodel height. It was really tall. That's when you're, like, really standing straight. <laughs> in, in heels. Uh, then at that point in our walk, what one of the things that we realized is that you, if you are actually foraging, you probably want to have a knife with you mm. because just grabbing things and ripping them off, number one, is maybe not best for the plant. Yeah. And number two, your hands yeah. are not, it's not the best way yeah. <laughs> to go. If you're just grabbing leaves, of course, it's not a big difference, but if you're actually trying to get... Some of the other things. Or at something, you know, there's non-edible things in front of you. Kill that. Yeah, get to the edible stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you bring Bush in a machete. <laughs> bring in a machete. Yep. So you need a small knife and a machete. Yeah. Uh, you guys talked for a while about roses being edible. Yeah, the rose hips that um, I guess are there after the flower comes out. Um, you can just put those in tea, right? Yeah. I don't, I'm not a fan of the taste of any kind of floral thing. Yeah. To me, it tastes like a grandma. Yes. I think a lot of people would agree with you there. Um, The thing with roses, what were we talking about? Oh, that's when I started asking. So where do we get any nutritional value out of stuff? Because, yeah, roses taste good maybe to some people, not Danny. But (laughs) is it going to help me live? Like, And then that's when I said, well, I guess you could use it and make candles or soap and barter. (laughs) (laughs) And barter for some real food. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, like rabbits and babies. Yeah. But um, the uh, also adorable Whitney was like, yeah, but you can candy them and they look great as decor or desserts. And I'm like, again, I want to eat all of your baked goods. Could we please stop talking about the baked goods? Because. My mouth, even right now, my mouth is starting to water. I want it so bad. Um, and then we, some of the other things like uh, trees, like is there, like in the springtime when they're getting their new little shoots, like the little tips of like uh, mm-hmm. spruce uh, branches and stuff, which is something that I used to do in my hiking days. Like you walk by and it's like a fun thing to just kind of chew on mm-hmm. and it's very citrusy and delicious. Then we ran into holly. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. <laughs> don't eat holly. Anything that's prickly and red, don't eat it. Don't eat it. I that's just a good that. rule. Yeah. There might be like one red berry out there that you can eat, but if you don't... Generally don't. Just don't eat it. Yeah. Unless you know for sure. Raspberry. Yep, we saw raspberries. Like the more oh, like pearl berries. Oh, yeah. That are red. Don't eat guys. Uh, we saw watercress. That watercress was delicious. I ate it and I was like, that's 
there's a lot of dirt on it. And Trevor's like, oh, yeah, you should brush that off. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was just being handed to me ready to go. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So then I brushed it off and ate a little bit more. And then I was like, that came right out of the Kirky Creek. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where we were eating stuff from was questionable. Yeah. Maybe we should have also brought a water bottle to wash things off. But we, I feel fine. Yeah. I was going to bed that night and I was having a really hard time sleeping and my stomach was kind of hurting. And I was like, it's either all the chicken I ate when I got home. <laughs> Or I ate poison. Or that watercress and I have Jardia. <laughs> I will say they were very careful about, yeah. in general, yeah, about kinda, what they... I mean, there were a bunch of things that they uh, pointed out that were edible things that they were just like, mm, yeah, I but you don't have to. So. You know, it's not in a good spot or, you know, mm-hmm. we're not going to try and get to it. Um, we found huckleberry. Huckleberry, skunk cabbage... Which doesn't sound edible, but apparently it is. Skunk cab, and they said not many people choose to eat it. But if you're desperate, yeah, like that's something a great you. way, great way to get some greens. Um, Trevor ate a bug <laughs> when he was talking and an walking at the same time. For it, an involuntary foraging. <laughs> Sometimes a bug forages you. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I want you to eat. Me. <laughs> He's like, I want some of that throat meat. <laughs> he didn't know the price he would no, pay. No, now I'm going to think about that every time a bug flies in my mouth. I'm like, I'm sick of my throat meat. <laughs> he's, eating, he's, got me, he's got my throat meat. At least a bug's mouth is biteful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Could happen. Uh, so then we were talking about sunchokes. So I did not know that. Yeah. Sun, so I know that sunchokes are a thing that I have eaten. I did not know that they were the roots of a sunflower. Yeah. That's we saw so cool. sunflower in somebody's yard and I was like, oh, we could eat sunflower seeds. And then she was like, oh, yeah, sunchokes. I was like, what are you talking about? And then she said they were the root of the sunflower. We were both mind blown. We're like, we're ready. We're so ready to go eat at their house, by yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had two different kinds of. So we had the, uh, no, just the one. So there was the, which these are berries that you thought were poisonous. Yeah. Is this the sorghum? (laughs) (laughs) I think they were called Salal and then Oregon grapes. Oregon grape was the first one. And then the second one, wasn't Salal the thing we had at your house? No, that was sorrel. (sighs) See, I can't say anything. Yeah, Salal. (laughs) Salal. Um, And they're these little black... Yeah, I think anyone in the Northwest has seen these a million times. They sort of have, if you take your forefinger and your thumb and you kind of put it two inches apart, they have these green leaves, lots of them, and then under the leaves hang these blackberries. And they don't taste bad. Like, we did get them off the side of the road, like, kind of near someone's driveway. We weren't stealing. It was, like, (laughs) clearly not wanted. Um, It was in someone's driveway, though. (laughs) Um but yeah, that's what she said. They crushed up and made cakes so they could reserve those calories and the fruit for the winter. Yep. And by they, I mean the Native Americans. It's it's amazing how many different opportunities there are to, like, even we're talking about this walk and how many different things that we saw. We, I think we were probably walking around for half an hour. Oh, no more than that. Like an hour at the most. Uh, yeah. An hour at the most, but we were also chatting about a variety mm-hmm. of things. and. Yeah. Like I said, there were a Just lot like of things. Just like within a mile of your house. 
Yeah. So now when I walk Lily and the dog, um, I looked around the neighborhood for things that I could eat. And I was like, rhododendron, no, poisonous. (laughs) (laughs) Hydrangea, no, poisonous. Um, and then I found snowberries. You know what those are? Mm-hmm. They're they have like these clusters of pearl shaped white berries or pink oh. or kind of red. Yep. And I picked one and I split it open and um, it kind of sparkles in the middle like uh, crusty snow. Ooh. Um, and then there's seeds and stuff in it. Of course, I didn't eat it because I'm not going to just eat something like that. And I went home and. Googled it, and they're like, this is a great diet for quails and pigeons and stuff, but probably <laughs> so poisonous cute. to humans. So Lex. <laughs> yeah, it said that it would cause you like some stomach pain and yeah. could cause sedation in children. And I was like, Danny's totally going to want to know about this. Writing <laughs> <laughs> that down. Snowberries. Snowberries. Yes. Yeah. And then I took another picture of something else, and I need to send it to Whitney, who's now my personal foraging <laughs> consultant. <laughs> I do. She doesn't know that, but I think when we have these experiences though, that I think, uh, is it piques our curiosity mm-hmm. and then we are actually trying to learn. And luckily we have people like Whitney and Trevor in the world who now unbeknownst to them are beholden to all of our questions. Yes. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops, you guys. They don't know what our mutual friend uh, Michael got them into, mm-hmm. so that's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in the same way that I'm going to go and do the uh, pick the fruit? fruit and stuff, like, I, you know, I, I do want to be helpful to my community, and mm-hmm. I think it's cool that that fruit then goes to all sorts of community programs uh, and that they do make sure that it gets used uh, either for cooking or for just eating fruit or for the apple pressing and all of that kind of stuff for community events. Uh, but partially it's so that I understand better how to tend to fruit trees mm-hmm. and how to harvest and those kinds of things that right now, yeah, I'm like, duh, I just go pick the thing. But I don't know, how do I ensure that it lives another year? Mm-hmm. Those are the things I don't know. Yeah. How do I... Keep it healthy. Yeah. How do I know the difference between a ripe piece of fruit and a not ripe piece of fruit? I Like right now, my test is just to shake it and it falls off. It's ripe. <laughs> I like that test. Like, I mean, it's like a pretty good test, but mm-hmm. it's probably not the best way to not have a bunch of bruised, broken yeah. fruit. There's probably a better way. Yeah. It's good to increase your skills. And so... I was really grateful to them to help us increase our skills. Yeah, thank you so much, Whitney and Trevor. Mm -hmm. And you'll be hearing from us. We also found other non-edible things. Oh, that's true. Uh, One thing is that you can't eat underwear unless you get edible underwear. Yeah. There's a lot of that around there on the walk. (laughs) You You can't eat an old shoe unless you make a cake that is in the shape of an old shoe. Yeah. Or just boil it for a really long time. I don't think I would want to eat, like, a shoe that I found on the side of the road, even if I boiled it for a long time. Hmm. Would you do that? Would you eat an old shoe? I can't think of a situation where I would do that. (laughs) But we're not very desperate yet. Yeah. We don't know. Not yet. We'll see what happens. So, and I got a great workout because I was carrying... You were carrying that baby. 25 pounds on my back. Trevor was taking the dog. Yeah, Trevor like took Lulu. Lulu had an awesome time. Dylan had a great time. Yep. Um, but yeah, I was carrying a 17-pound baby plus the carrying backpack. And I was trying to feed her like behind me up in the backpack. 
was like... I helped several times. It was a super mom moment. I was pretty proud of myself. I was out foraging with my kid and this guy who had my dog. (laughs) A stranger. My dog. Because it was actually being taken care of by somebody else. (laughs) But that's just because you're charismatic. (laughs) That's right. Me or Lulu? (laughs) Both of you. Yeah. Both of you. Mm -hmm. Lulu pulled them in with her... Devil may care. She's like, I don't smile care who walk- attitude. I don't care who walks me. <laughs> I don't care about anything. I don't care. <laughs> cool. That was so fun. Well, next time we are going to talk about uh, prep our pet, prep our pets. We're going to talk about prep your pet, and we're going to talk about prep your food pet. <laughs> prep your pet. <laughs> prep your pet to be food. Yep. Unless you really love it. And then you can keep it for snuggles till you really want to eat it. How That's just kidding. People who love animals, we're just going to talk about how to save your animal that you love. And then we're also <laughs> going to talk about related to our kind of foraging episode. How can you cultivate some of your protein? Because right. there's a whole like list of all of these proteins that we can go forage Right. It's not necessarily the right season right now. For sure. Um, what is coming up is mushroom season. And I'm you're competing with a lot of people, too. Yeah. Uh, we are going to put on this, uh, we're going to put on uh, our website, Facebook, made <laughs> just for us, <laughs> created for Prep Yourself. Thanks, Mark. Uh, <laughs> this amazing list of uh, items that Whitney made for us, which also includes. Uh, shellfish and stuff that you can get here. Also, the cutest story about how she used to go get frogs. She used to have that. her own little spear. She would go like spear no frogs way. and what? make frog legs and stuff. Oh for my parents. god, I did not hear that story. She's magical. Wow, she's magical. So, uh, but like like uh, Lex was saying, part of the general future planning you should have if we are in a long term disaster situation is how can you have protein on your own property? <laughs> protein. Pets. <laughs> different. It's similar, but it's very different. I would never eat Dylan. No. I would never do it. No. I love him. Yes. I look at his little face and my heart, like, melts. He wouldn't be of any nutritional value anyway. <laughs> he really wouldn't be. He'd be a bunch of crusty bones. <laughs> He's... <laughs> He would be crusty bones. He's a little crusty. Well, I don't mean crusty. I mean like crackly. I mean crusty too. He's brittle. Yeah. yeah. He's tiny. He's just a little tiny guy. Yeah. He'd barbecue and it'd just be a poof of smoke. But then we're talking about like eating frog legs. Oh. He's yeah. definitely more than a frog leg. Yeah. We should eat Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening to another wacky episode of prep yourself (laughs) slowly but surely keep Keep surviving surviving.